All right, so welcome to another episode of Language for Liberation. This is your boy OG Baka,、uh, aka Bakari Ibrahim. I did that backwards today,、uh, and I'm joined by my、uh, great philosophical host,、uh, Mr. Barrett Holmes Pitner, to discuss、um, another word, another you know、uh, piece of language that can get us through、uh, and explain the times that we're going through today. So, how you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good, man. How how, how about you? Uh, you know, it's one of those 2020 mornings. <laughs> yeah, I'll say like, I woke up feeling I had like energy today, which was which is good. I've been stuck in my head because I have to do just like a, so much mental work that like it was making me fatigued. And for some reason, I I think I just got like a good night's sleep, and I woke up less mentally fatigued today. So that was pretty cool. That's what's up, man. That's good. Back to my statement of it's a 2020 morning. Today I woke up to the news. Well, I knew last night that you know they didn't charge. Uh, Breonna Taylor's、uh, killers, the the officers in Breonna Taylor's case, and you know, waking up this morning to see that you know two officers were shot, and you know, just the and then seeing earlier this week that they were already preparing for like some bullshit, you know, it's just like hashtag again, hashtag expected, hashtag not surprised, hashtag I cried this morning, hashtag when will this change? So, yeah, no, like. I can I can like emotionally detach myself from 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 things and and that's why I think a lot. But yeah, like everything that happened that yesterday, we all knew was going to happen. Right. We just like hoped that something different would happen. But like sometimes I wonder where that hope comes from. Like I don't think that hope for something different happen actually like comes from like. The experience of living in America. I think it comes from like what we want to think America is, but like that place isn't real. So it's like it's this weird like you have an emotion that your idea of a place didn't happen again,、uh, and that's weird. So let's bring it back to the words that we've expressed <laughs> on this. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's that. It's that utopia, that evtopia that we that we're looking for, that we've never actually experienced. And you know, this show,、um, the work of the Sustainable Culture Lab, is to look at the different philosophies, the different languages, the different cultures of the world, to inform our plight in getting us forward, and in creating basically a higher being, so that we can actually define that place, define those things, and actually work towards it.、Um, exactly. So that brings us to our word today,、uh, which you know I think that today, as we think of this word, it's what you know is kind of what we're totally devoid of right now, which is the word agapao,、uh, which is the verb to love in Greek. Yeah. So let's talk about it, man. Why why this word this week? I, we discussed this word kind of before everything else happened. So like you know. How how did this word like come into your become the word of the week? So I think a lot of the words of the week that I I I select are words I think are like lacking or absent in English. Like they're you know when you have a word for something, you it expands your thinking, your awareness, you know your capacity to articulate yourself and the world around you. A lot of times depends on the amount of words that you have, and if you look at Like dystopian novels, especially like you know, nineteen eighty four. The top, you know, the 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 topic of reducing 
language for the people so that the people can't actually think about complicated stuff because there aren't words to allow them to even have complicated thoughts is like a key component of like authoritarianism. That's why you like they'll burn books and stuff like that. And so I, I, I think about words that I, I believe that we just don't have in English. And, and when it comes to like wisdom in Europe, you have to go to the Greeks. And at first I was fascinated that the Greeks have numerous words for love. Like there are, I believe seven different words for love. And why are there seven words for love? Because there's just different types of love that needed to be defined. You know, like, like one, one type is Eros. Um, and that's like sexual love, like passionate love, that kind of stuff. But another one is philia, which is like affectionate kind of brotherly, brotherly love. So like the city Philadelphia means brotherly love, mm. but that love is philia it's not eros you know uh philosophy is like the love of wisdom it's like an affectionate you know love between equals that is not an eros type of love so like there's there's an importance to distinguish like the 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 application and the different types of love and i you know i think with english since we have like one word it makes it quite confusing yeah. uh you know like and this might be a, a, a trivial example, but like the type of love that you have for like your wife is not the same type of love you have for your child. It's not the same type of love you have for your best friend. It's not the same type of love you have for your parents. But we in English are just told to say love for all of that, even though it's distinctly different. Like that really limits how you conceive, how you interact with people. And so I liked this word agape because it was, so agape is the like the noun, but mm -hmm. agapao is the verb form of agape. And so the idea of viewing love as an action, a thing that you do. And, you know, a lot of times agape is referred to like your love of God um, and so Christians really like it because like it's a verb where like you love God via like your actions. Like you have, you're devoted to him. Like loving God would be like going to church or yeah. praying. There's like, there's actions that you do that show it. I think that's just like a concept that you should be able to apply beyond God. You know, like if you you can have a verb form of loving a person and do actions um and i just think that's like a really it's a key thing to think about and more importantly it's a key thing to be able to articulate yeah um that's really powerful because as i think about the action of love it's about you know essentially giving like you said a defining ritual to how we apply and care for the people in our lives or the people in our community and the people in our society. So it's built around, you know, this idea that it's almost as if like, you know, right now, uh, you know, during quarantine, it's like, you know, check on your people and, you know, reach out to them and say, how are you and everything. But we don't really have a way of tangifying, you know, how do I properly care for someone else? Or how do I create an emotional space to that person or, or in that way? And how do I act upon that? Um, yeah, and I, that's really interesting. Um, like, 
like and also like a key thing for language is being able to clarify stuff for yourself you know right. like there's a lot of things that we we like to do that it'll be like a feeling and to make that feeling something that's consistent you need a word that helps clarify the importance of that feeling or the negativity of that feeling so that you can either like do it over and over again or just stop doing it entirely and you know i i think a lot of us have the feeling of wanting to do loving things for people in our community and and have these actions but like without the word to clarify like i'm doing this because it's agapow it makes it really easy for you to dismiss that feeling you know and that's problematic so here's a question for you um thinking about in the terms of like government municipalities and how we set up policy for other people is there a word in greek for like love of people through government or through policy or like to create in in the sense of love for others or it, or would it be defined under this word agapal do you get where i'm going with that yeah so i think you could use agapal but like i'm just looking at like the list of like you know greek words and like i think philia would be could be an example because that's like mm-hmm. the love between friends and equals you know like ideally like the person who's elected to an an office that person should be an equal like we elected them you know like yeah. we we are giving we are allocating our power as citizens to them so that they can represent us as like a, a, an embodiment of being equals so there should be like a filial relationship between those people and i i don't you know i th- you know if you, if you think about the us there is a very good chance that philadelphia could have been the capital of america you yeah. know like brotherly love that's that that would give a good indication of how we should be like connected to our elected officials the fact that it was moved to washington dc so that like slave owners could have greater access to their slaves kind of shows like a clear like decline in our relationship with uh with loving other people and in the structure of our democracy um so i guess there's there's that but there there's another word that's uh, like called xena that's mm-hmm. like you know friendship like you know hospitality i don't know if that would be the right one so you know it's close but i'd probably say philia is it but like agapow um and and agape i think works the the weird thing about agape is it is that christianity which like wasn't really that big of a thing during ancient greek yeah <laughs> you know? um has used it a lot to articulate the relationship that people should have with like a, a higher being in mm-hmm. god but i i don't think that is the the only thing i think you could have it with everything so i think agapal works but philia i think also would work i dig it i dig it so what do you think has led to like this lack of love in our communities and uh you know specifically the united states the society in which we exist what not having this what has not having this word or not having a verb or or action to define it how has that impacted our society 
oh man, I, I'd say it's impacted our society like dramatically. Like, you know, if you just look at a map, like England and Greece are about as far apart from each other, like in European context as you can get, you know? So, so the likelihood of like Greek words, you know, going to England, it's hard. So there's a whole, whole ideas and concepts of, of living in with English that I think have just like a overly simplified concept of love. And recently there's been like a narrative, like of like love being like a romanticized thing and not like a real practical thing that you do where they're being all, like all sorts of nuances. But I guess for like the U S like the U S is just all about being an individual. That's the narrative that America projects. And we, in a, in a previous episode, we talked about how that's just trash because you know like you get to be an individual because you're exploiting all of these other people like white people get to project the idea of being an individual because all the stuff that like communities usually had to like collectively do together such as like make food and take care of children now they just like outsource it to black people and so now they just get to be like individuals that care about themselves all the time and if that's what you do you know your concern is going to be about self-love how can I love myself? How can I make myself happy? How can I do this? And like, that's another type of word in Greek. Like, that's another thing. Like, philotia, uh, philotia is self-love in Greek. It's another word. And so like, we are all focused on ourselves and self-love, but that's irrelevant. Like, you, you know, the, loving matters because you get to express it to another person, you know, or like another, it doesn't, it could be even like an inanimate thing. Like people love sports teams, you know, and they'll be devoted to going to sporting games. And everyone knows like, yo, Steve has to watch his soccer match on Saturday or his basketball game. This is a thing you can't get. Like he's devoted to this. And so, it's just like a concept that like we've made a society without it. And I think I don't want to go back to Philadelphia over and over again, but I do think it's kind of funny that, you know, we had the chance to have our, our capital in a place with like love as it's like ideological epicenter. And we said, nah, we're going to go make a city in the middle of nowhere that makes sure that like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson have access to all the slaves they have like across the river. Yeah. Right. Like that's crazy. You know, because the people we chose to lead this, they need to, they need access to their slaves. Yeah, let's let's put all this love stuff to the side. They're they feel really inconvenienced having to like because if if they take their slaves to the city of brotherly love, those slaves may technically become free people, and they don't want that. Yeah, so, right. So you know, means eventually, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, and then it's not a coincidence that Virginia kind of just not kind of, just totally reneged on the deal of giving away, like, land to make D.C. Like, it was supposed to, like, across the river. Across the river, right. But they said, nah, this area over here, there's a lot of slaves working on this. They're making us bank. Like, we're not going to give that up so that they could be free. (laughs) Right. And um, that actually made me think of, um, as a tangentially, made me think of the slave community that was where Arlington Cemetery was, that 
you know, could have very well been a part of DC, you know, yeah. and that community was raised to lay bodies of white men who served for the country. Um, 100%. So like, no side on ethnic side on ethnic side. From the, from the beginning, the founding of America, like we've literally said, we'll put love to the side and we're going to prioritize dehumanization and profiting off of that for white people. Right. And then we'll build from there. So I, I think, you know, like you, you just can't get any clearer than that. Absolutely. And um, before I get to my next point, it also, we, we talked about this a couple of days ago about the difference between Spanish colonialism and European colonialism. And, uh, you know, the idea of not arming your settlers and not arming your citizens and the people that you sent to these various areas because um, for the for the Spanish, uh, they didn't arm their settlers. So they were constantly uh, overpowered by the natives that they were encountering through all of the, you know, from Mexico to all the way to Alaska. Um, but in the European context and in the English context, they actually sent their settlers to say, hey, protect the property that you are producing money for us because you're profiting from it. And now we arm you to protect, um, we arm you to protect your investment. Mm -hmm. And what happened in the, in the American Revolution is essentially those guns were turned back on their, their oppressors uh, as a way of saying, well, now we can actually maintain our entire labor, our capital. We shouldn't pay taxes to them. Yeah, like, like the revolution dispute was white people complaining about taxes that like they weren't making as much profit that they wanted to make. Like the denial of the amount of profit they hoped was viewed as a denial of freedom. Like that's just crazy. Um, but, but yeah, so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So continue um, on that. That was, a, that was entirely my point um, that, you know, it was based around profiteering. So, even though we were able to have 13 colonies in a Philadelphia and a space called brotherly love, that entire 13 colonies were never built off of the actual brotherly love. It was an inter, it was brotherly love between the white men uh, who settled, but not a brotherly love of anyone else uh, that they encountered on their goal or their mission to profit from coming to the, or creating the United States. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. I want to bring it. I want to bring it back to love, though, entirely. Um, that's my last point because, as you were explaining, you know, all the different types of love and how self-love is different from the love from your friend and how it's different uh, from brotherly love um, or the love that you give to your parent. You know, I think about all the things you learn from having an action with these people outside of your space or out or just learning to love others so taking it maybe back to the american revolution if they had looked to work in partnership with the native americans or with actually africans would have probably ne never made it here <laughs> but right. if they were to move in that in that in partnership with them and have that love what would that uh be and what would the what would our goal become of us and so i wrote down here that to love is to live because understanding all of these different types of love 
and how you put that out and the effects of the love, then you're actually having a full life. Yeah. Like I'd, I, no, I'd, I totally agree with that. I'd say, you know, the, like the key thing, if you really break down like what loving is, it is like you give a part of yourself to somebody else. Right. And, you know, sometimes that's why like people have heartbreak because they give a part of themselves to somebody else and that other person just has no interest in reciprocating. You know, like you have a crush and, you know, you, you, you tell like some, tell some person, hey, I like you. And they're like, nah, son, like this, get you get all here. sad. Because like, you know, you put yourself, you put yourself out there. Uh, that's like an extension of, of loving something. There's no guarantee that it's going to work out in the harmonious way that, that you, you imagine, you know, and have, you'll have heartache or whatever, but that, that's just like existing. And you have to put yourself out into countless things throughout life. And exactly. there, there's so many different types of things and you're expecting so many different types of like feedback that you need different words. You can see, like, with colonization, there is no desire from, like, colonizers to put themselves out there with regards to indigenous people. You know, like, it was, we're coming here, and we're just going to forcefully remove you or exterminate you, and we will just stay within this space. That's all we're going to do. And our goal is for this space to expand and your space to go away. There's no... There's no connection. There's no, and you can't, like, that is just the opposite of what real existence is supposed to be. You know, like, you can't, you can't live like that where you literally go around, you don't share any part of yourself with anybody, and you just, like, lie and take people's stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just not a way a sustainable way you should ever recommend someone to live but like that's how america has said this is the best way to live we live like this and it's great and we're the best and yeah. you know and then what ends up happening is people realize that that's like horrible they feel bad about themselves and now they end up talking a lot about self-love <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Ooh, you didn't drop the bomb on him on that one. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like it, it, people are going to struggle about loving themselves when they feel that they're doing bad things. Right. Like if you don't think you do bad stuff, loving yourself is going to be really, really easy. You know? Yeah. Like simple. Yeah. If you don't do bad stuff, loving yourself is really easy. It just, it's just a fact. Like, so I'll, I'll say this is, this is really funny. Like I used to go to do like yoga and stuff back before Corona. I ain't doing yoga now. Um, <laughs> at the end of the yoga session, like the yoga teacher would always say like, you know, you know, love yourself and blah, blah, blah. And I'd always roll my eyes. I just thought it was like the most ridiculous thing. And my girlfriend would always be like, why do you always roll your eyes? Why do you think that's just a joke? I'm like, because you're just yourself. Like you are yourself. That's all you are. You don't need to love it or anything. Like, it just is. And the only reason you would need to feel that you have to put a bunch of work into, like, loving yourself is if you feel bad about yourself. If something has made you feel bad and now you're trying to counteract it. Like, that's how I see it, you know? I'll throw a 
point in an example out to you about yoga, because we've kind of discussed this before. And I have a black yoga instructor. Shout out to Brandon Copeland of Kepler Wellness. Check out uh, Yoga with Brandon on YouTube. Great guy. But, you know, as a yoga practice, uh, you know, he emphasizes flow and breath and just be, mm-hmm. you know. And as we've talked about yoga before in previous episodes and how, like, it's been twisted through this narrative of how it got popularized through various white cultures here in the United States, that to me, that sounds like a projection of the person who's teaching it and a projection of the people who have taken it and now giving it out to other people. Because the marketing of that is probably that all the people that got into this, all the white people that got into this, they were feeling bad about something that they were doing and it was stressing them the fuck out. And now they need that narrative to sell people into classes. Yep. On the other side, in, in my black practice of yoga, it's more of a balance of mind flow through any event. Yeah. Like, like, and that's what yoga is. Like, it's just like, it's a, it's a practice to nurture your body and your mind. And, you know, part of it is breathing. Part of it's meditation. Part of it's stretching to make sure that your body's physically capable of doing the stuff you need to do throughout life. Because if your body can't move and you can't do stuff, then you're going to feel bad and you're going to have ailments. You're going to have all these things. So it's all, it's like a holistic stuff thing. And like, if we're going to go back to like the language of love, I would use agape or agapao to talk about like the love that's yoga. Where like, you know, if you listen to like Jesus and stuff and he said like the kingdom of heaven's like within you, right? Like, you need to be devoted to yourself in right. like a way that's agape or agapao. Like, and you, you, you have that awareness that you have to have like a devotion to being yourself and a devotion to making sure that your body and what is you physically is functional, real simple. And like, you know, a yoga practice, I would look at it as like an, an agapao type of thing where you're, you're, you're doing something every day that conveys a devotion to yourself, not like a love that's all about feeling good and like not feeling bad or like liking yourself and not liking yourself. It's like, no, like I just need it to like remain. Like I need it to function. Hey. You know, it's, it's like if you, if you do your laundry, like you do your laundry because you don't want to wear like stinky clothes and like have all the ramifications that come with wearing dirty stuff all the time. It's but crazy. you don't love laundry, you know? You know? but you do it all the time because like you need to be devoted to making sure that your body functions. And so, yeah, I think how people articulate yoga in the West is like a process to help people who are doing bad things feel less bad about themselves. Oftentimes while they still do things that they feel bad about, which is like, that's a problem still. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, a practice in wellness. I love how we loop that back around to yoga and into our word today. Yeah. 
that's dope. I think we should leave it at that. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, I, th- I think like th- we need more than one type of word for love. And I think that allows you to be aware of the various things that you do throughout your day that are like manifestations of love. And I think a big problem with the U.S. and a lot of the West is due to like the limitations, like the the linguistic limitations. Mm-hmm. People don't understand when you're doing something in a loving fashion unless you say like "I love this," you know, yeah. <laughs> like like the amount of stuff that I do all the time because it's just like an expression of some form of love is just all the stuff I do. And people will be less inclined to think about it like that because it's not an expression of the love that you'd have for your spouse or the love. It's like, that's just so ridiculous, you know? And I think it also means that people feel totally justified to do a lot of things that they don't love in any way because that's just how you do. And there's not a word that should make you feel that you need to love something that you do in, uh, in, a, in, in any manifestation. And like, that's just a massive, massive problem. And so I liked, I liked agape because I think it's a type of love that has a verb. And it's a verb that if you look at it without it being pegged to like a Christian religious belief is a love that you can manifest all the time in everything that you do. And that's pretty, pretty helpful. Dope. Awesome. (laughs) Well, that's been our word for today on language of liberation, agape and agapao, to love. So thank you for listening. Um, You know, follow us on scl.community on Instagram. Uh, Find us online at scl.community. And look out for more news about the Altars Festival coming uh, in the next few weeks in October, a celebration that we're putting on. So with that being said, you know, we'll check you all out next time. Yeah. And let me just add one last thing. I, I always do this, but like the Altars Festival is an expression of love for your ancestors. It's a, I would say that's also like an agapow. Like you're doing an action to show that you love people who have uh, departed and that you remember them and that they're part of you and to bring that you know actually to to bring that forward because i'm thinking of how going back to my previous point about to love is to live how does that acknowledgement that love of your ancestors shape your future and shape your other interactions with other folks um so i think we just pegged up a part two to this conversation (laughs) Um, yeah let's do it part part two so we're gonna have a part two guys uh we we figured that out now uh (laughs) Awesome. Well, with that being said, this has been Language for Liberation, and we'll catch you all next week. Peace. Peace.